here's the truth. The church holds the key to set the captives free. Welcome to the One Cry Podcast, a nationwide call for spiritual awakening. The goal, accelerating the movement of God through sharing revival truth, stories, and reports. And now, your hosts, Bill Eliff and Kyle Reno. Well, welcome to the One Cry Podcast. We are so glad that you're here today. I'm Kyle Reno. This is Bill Eliff, and we have the honor of hosting you. And our heart in this is honestly just to help in any way we can as we're learning what it looks like to walk with God personally in our prayer lives, but also see that spread to a church and a city and Lord willing across our nation. You know, there's there's a reason that the One Cry initiative is called One Cry. Right because uh, we thought and prayed about that title for a long time to express uh, what would it be like to have a united Mm -hmm. cry all across uh, the United States. There's something about about everybody praying and about corporate praying, about about all of us praying. Yeah, all hands on deck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember (laughs) we were talking about this earlier. Uh, man, I went to a skating rink when I was a kid. Did you mm-hmm. ever go to a skating oh, rink? Yeah. Oh, yeah. man, yeah. <laughs> Every era has their different version of yeah. the skating rink. But there was that one moment where the guy came across and said, now it's time for the all skate. Let's all skate. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, and the uh, disco ball I mean, is hitting, on. bro. And everybody <laughs> just floods the skating rink at yeah. one time. So backward skaters, couples skating, yeah. bad skaters, good yeah. skaters. Yeah. But everybody was doing their best in that moment. Everybody participated, and, and there's something unique yeah. that happens when things are unified. Right. And and we don't have time to talk about that today, but the fact that uh, God uniquely is moved hmm. by uh, united prayer. Right. It's, it's irresistible to Him. Right. So uh, we, we thought for the next... Uh, eight or 10 sessions of One Cry Podcast, we might talk about the different kinds of prayer. You know, Ephesians 6, when Paul is talking about this, putting on the full armor, and then he says, with all prayer and petition, pray at all times in the Spirit. So I began to think about this, Kyle, and we've talked about it some. There there are lots of different kinds of prayer. I I sat down and made a list the other day, and I, I just thought about 30 different types of prayer. Mm-hmm. So if I want to be a, a better prayer warrior, mm-hmm. if I want my church to pray with extraordinary prayer, I need to understand these different types of prayer. There's inter- intercessory prayer. There's prayers of uh, petition. There's there's laments. There's just all different kinds of prayer. So we're going to talk about some of these mm-hmm. uh, in these next weeks. And, and first of all, we want to talk about just corporate prayer. Corporate prayer. Now, there's a there is a huge lack in the church today of corporate prayer. There are many many churches across the United States that uh, don't have prayer meetings anymore. They pray very little together. What once used to be uh, just a a regular part of our church life is is not there much anymore. Uh, and there's so much that can be accomplished when we pray, but also when we pray together. 
And I just want you to notice, if you're following along in your Bible, we're going to look at Acts 12, this extraordinary story. But there's a reason why we need to be united in prayer, and that is because people and nations are in inescapable bondage. When we look at this passage of Scripture, uh, the king had put Peter in prison, and it's fascinating what it says. He was in prison. There were four squads of soldiers. That's four apiece in a squad, 16 soldiers. He was behind prison walls. He was uh, uh, bound hand and foot. And you just think about this. It's a little bit of overkill. I mean, here's this little little apostle, and uh, but they but they they had him in a place where he just could not get out. Now the reality is there are people all around us that are in inescapable bondage, uh, and we think about maybe the drug addict uh, who has such a hard time, or the or the, the prostitute, or somebody who's in bondage to great moral uh, pornography uh, or moral impurity. But, you know, the guy in the three-piece suit is in bondage. The, the moral man is in bondage to his self-righteous morality, and, and nothing will penetrate that except God. And that's why prayer is absolutely so essential. And our nation is in bondage. I just, I listen to the television or the radio, and I hear what people are saying, the reprobate thinking, the inability to think with moral reasoning is, is gone, and we're in bondage to all kinds of perverse thinking, all kinds of perverse uh, activity in our nation. We are in bondage. And you think, what in the world is going to change that? And the amazing thing is the church is the one entity on the face of the earth that has the tool to bring permanent, eternal, lasting change to this bondage. Now, there's one verse in this passage of Scripture that I just want to draw your attention to that highlights what happens when we pray together. And here's the verse. So Peter, verse 5 of Acts 12, Peter was kept in the prison, but... Prayer for him was being made fervently by the church to God. And you see, here's the truth. The church holds the key to set the captives free. We hold the key. I mean, what if there was, what if there was one cure for cancer and it would cure all the cancer in the world and there was one institution, one group of people that held that that remedy, and yet they never used it. They, they never applied it. People are dying everywhere. They're in bondage to their cancer. But, but the people that were holding it were too busy or too tired or too lazy or whatever it was to administer that which would set them free. We have that key. And I want you to notice what happened in this moment when Peter was in just incredible bondage. It says... But prayer, this is the divine uh, conjunction, right? But God, but prayer. So there was all of this difficulty, but prayer. And but prayer, it says, for him. 
So when you think about corporate prayer, it needs to be personal, right? We're praying for specific people. Generic prayers get generic answers. In fact, you never really even know if a prayer was answered or not. Lord, just bless all the missionaries. Lord, bless this food. Lord, uh, you know, just help everybody. Uh, I don't know that God pays much attention to that kind of praying. But when the church cries out together by name, some of you remember the incredible story Jim Simbla tells, uh, Jim Simbla of Brooklyn Tabernacle in, in New York, uh, one night in their Tuesday night prayer meeting when his daughter, uh, who was a prodigal child, and a woman came up and said, can we pray by name for your daughter? He said, my church went into labor for my daughter. I've never heard them pray like that. And the next day, God brought her to repentance. It was prayer for her. So if we're going to pray corporately, Let's pray specifically. But prayer for him, now look at this, was being made. So first of all, that means they were praying, right? They were just praying. I mean, wouldn't it, wouldn't it be tragic if the history record, which is still being written, you know, about your church and about your life, read like this, but prayer for him was not being made by our church. But prayer for her was never made by me. But prayer for my children didn't happen. And what a beautiful thing when it says, but prayer for him was being made. And being is in a continual uh, active tense, so it means it was being made, and it was being made, and it was being made. In other words, they didn't stop until Peter got out of prison. Uh, they didn't give up on prayer. So it was continual prayer. But prayer for him was being made, and look at this, fervently by the church to God. That word fervently uh, literally means stretched out. They're just stretched out. You think of an of a, a, a Olympic runner coming down the last stretch, and he's given everything he's got, and, and he is pulling towards that, that finish line. He is stretched out towards the finish line. So here's the church, and they are praying, and it's not insipid prayers or, uh, you know, just lackadaisical prayers or uh, nice little prayers. It's fervent prayer. And when we see the need of the hour in our nation, when we see millions of babies being killed in the womb, when we see uh, the unbelievable trafficking of people and, and the moral depravity of our, nat uh, our nation, shouldn't we be praying stretched out, mm. fervently, earnestly? But prayer for him was continually being made fervently, and look at these last two phrases, by the church. You say, Bill, why, why stop right there? Well, I want to pause right there just to remind us, nobody else can do this. I mean, the government is not responsible to pray for people, right? The, uh, your, your company, as good as it is in what they do, is not the agency that is going to get people out of bondage by their prayers. 
The church of the Lord Jesus Christ holds the key to deliver people by the power of God. And the last little phrase is, but prayer for him was being made fervently by the church, look at this, to God. In other words, God's the only one that can set the captives free. And look at the reward of prayer. I, I won't take time, you know the story, but there is an amazing reward for churches who pray. So all of a sudden, God just sent an angel. I mean, there were 16 soldiers, but God just sent one angel down there, and he uh, all of a sudden the chains fell off. He walks out the doors. The city gates open on their own like they got an automatic garage door opener, and, uh, and he's just set free. I mean, there's no, he didn't sweat. He didn't have to push on anything. It just happened. He was just set free, right? And, and God can do this, right? He can do it for a church. He can do it for a prodigal child. He can do it uh, for an individual who's lost and blinded without Jesus Christ. But we have to pray to God. And the Bible says in verse 16 that all the church was amazed. I preached a message one time, Kyle, on the missing word in the church. Mm. And it's because I had seen in the book of Acts right. over and over again, the people were amazed. Yeah. The crowd was amazed. They're in awe. And, and, and people are not amazed at the church. Yeah. They're amazed at our sinfulness sometimes. Right. Right. But, but, boy, if we would unite mm. in fervent, continuous prayer to God yeah. and it set the captives free, yeah. the world stands up and pays attention. Because yeah. they see God. They, right. see, they see God at work. They're like, well, they didn't do that. Yeah. But they got to the one that can do that. Right. You know, I, I remember you were telling me, that, telling that story about Jim Simbola's daughter. And I, I'll never forget the phrase in the book, Fresh Wind, Fresh Fire, when his wife, Carol, came to him and he said, she said to him, he was shaving, Chrissy's home. That's his wow. daughter. I'm going to cry right now. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And what was, what was the connecting point between their wayward, broken daughter and this moment where Chrissy's come home? Mm -hmm. is that the church prayed for her by name and yeah. they cried out with labor pains yeah. to God. And you think, well, hey, that's been true since the beginning. It was true for them in that illustration of it. And it's true right now. Yeah, It's yeah. true right now. God wants to move, change lives, change cities. Yeah. I wonder if he's just waiting for the church to pray. Oh, you know he is. And how tragic Yeah, if we don't rise up with this tool we have. Right. Of, of this means of prayer which brings God into the equation and mm. we don't use that tool. We're going we're gonna to listen to a story of someone who's experienced this and uh, I just pray that it'll help us further along yeah. to becoming a people who pray fervently to God. Listen to this. Well, I'm so glad to have a special guest today, Rhonda Davenport from Woodstock, Georgia. And uh, Rhonda is going to share with us some things about what God's been doing in her life in prayer and also how he brought her uh, into contact with One Cry and gave her a uh, passion uh, for prayer, for spiritual awakening and for revival. So welcome, Rhonda. Good to have you. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, it's, it's been a blessing just to, to get to know you a little bit, uh, just to hear your heartbeat uh, for prayer. But uh, I just want to start off by asking you, how 
Rhonda, how, um, what has God done in recent days? If you'll describe kind of a journey in, in how he's led you in prayer and personally, and then also corporately and what he's been doing in your life in that. Well, I, I can never really remember a time in my life that I didn't love prayer. It started off very early for me um, with my mom teaching me the power of prayer and, and me seeing God really, truly work through prayer. But about six years ago, I started working in the prayer ministry of our church and um, have loved the intercessory part of that, have loved the corporate part of that. Um, and in my own personal time, um, just um, praying for revival and spiritual awakening and, and really just... Um, thinking I am not being as consistent and fervent with this as I need to be. And so I just told God that I was like, what do I do? I need to do better. And just as I was praying, I really feel like he kind of reminded me of my mom's in prayer group. I've been praying with moms in prayer for my kids school for 10 years. So every Wednesday, same place, same time, same group of like-minded women that we pray together. And it just, this light bulb went off in my head. That's what you need to keep you consistent and fervent with praying for revival and spiritual awakening. So then I was like, okay, well, what, what does that look like? How do I do that? Am I really equipped to lead that? And as I prayed just a few days after that, we were going on vacation and I was grabbing up some books to read by the pool. And I just grabbed a stack that I had gotten at a prayer conference. And this one cry book was in that stack. And so I really didn't know what one cry was. I had not even really leafed through this book, but when I got to the beach, it's the first one I pulled out. I went down to the pool and I just devoured it. I read the whole thing practically in one sitting. And I was like, Oh my goodness, God, how quickly you answer prayers. This was the format. I felt like he was leading me to equip myself, to equip our group members and how to pray for revival and spiritual awakening. And then the really cool part as I'm reading it, I'm like, well, I can't call it one cry because this is their thing. I have to come up with something else for my group. But at the end, there's a section called the one cry highway. And it's, it just gives you all kinds of different ways, big ways, small ways, everything in between of how you can kind of get off the side of the road, get on that highway of really praying and promoting and mobilizing prayer for revival and spiritual awakening. So it, it, one of the things it said is, would you be willing to start a group? And I was like, absolutely. Yes, I will be willing to start a group. And so that's kind of how that whole thing was birthed. And, and so the more I dug into it, I went to the OneCry um, website, OneCry.com. There are so many resources for personal revival, church revival, community revival, national revival, uh, so many free things, so many things you can order, just resources galore. And then on top of that, um, each one of the chapters of this book has a, a little um, video by um, Bill and by um, Byron and by Gary. And it just kind of opens up the group so beautifully. There's a chance before the group starts um, to pray together with these men or with other people from across the country who are also in a similar kind of group. And so it was, it was just such a blessing. And what I say to people is it's the group that leads itself. Um, these revival realities that you go through in here, um, it's teaching you something that you've never maybe thought about before, but it's also informing you as to how you should pray. At the end of every chapter, there are prayer prompts and um, it, it just, it wasn't hard. It wasn't difficult. It was nothing but a blessing. So, so thankful for one Christ. So thankful that I picked this book up on the way out the door. It was all God. So it's exciting what he's doing. 
what's so funny is this isn't a commercial. This is just what God has done in your life <laughs> through just interacting. Exactly. And, and it sounds right. like we've paid you to do this, but but he has just really gotten a hold of your heart through this resource. Okay. And I'm so thankful for that. It's a blessing. Yeah. So what would you say, Rhonda, what would you say to a church or uh, someone who is maybe in charge of prayer ministry at their church, which so often when I talk to pastors or ministry leaders, one of the things they say is, you know, the weakest ministry in our in our church usually is prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what is something you would say to encourage someone who is wanting to start a group or to encourage their congregation or a group of friends toward praying? Uh, and what would you what would you say to encourage them in helping get established in those things? Well, I believe that God lays it on certain people's heart to start these kind of groups and he lays it on other people's hearts to come and be a part of these kinds of groups. And I just say, be obedient to the Holy Spirit. When you say yes to Jesus, he walks with you every step of the way. It's always worth it. What, it, it no matter how difficult it could be, or if it, you know, it's a, it's time consuming. It's it uh, prayer is a labor, you know, you're laboring in prayer, but the returns on that are eternal. They're glorious. They're wonderful. And another thing I would say about starting this kind of prayer group in your church or other types of prayer groups is that, um, you know, we've had some difficult times here in the, just even in the past week in our church, very heartbreaking times. And, um, it happened on Sunday that we got some bad news by Wednesday, it was time to go to our prayer group. And so there was nothing like, Oh, let's gather together some people to pray. Where are the, where are the prayer warriors? Let's find them. The group was already there as part of our natural rhythm of prayer. We met, we cried together. We prayed together. We sought the Lord. We asked him to be glorified in the midst of everything going on. So that was just a blessing. I didn't even expect that. that I've been praying now with these people for a year. We are very um, in sync as we pray. And I feel like we're very aligned with the Holy Spirit as we pray. And what a blessing that in a time of need, we didn't have to try to scrape that together, but it was already just there um, because of our group that we had already formed in a time where, you know, we just wanted consistency and accountability and fervency and prayer for revival and spiritual awakening. But God has used it even for more than that. Wow. That's amazing. That's an awesome testimony. So God turned, uh, God brought into your heart, uh, praying for revival and spiritual awakening. Mm -hmm. And how do you see that, uh, as, as it, uh, pertains to the church? How do you see, uh, a prayer group that maybe they spend a majority of their time on a a prayer list they go over every week, Mm -hmm. but then designating a certain time to pray specifically, for uh, revival and spiritual awakening. What are some things you would encourage people to do that? Well, I, I just think that intercessory prayer, where you get the prayer requests and you pray over those prayer requests, that's one kind of praying. And then what I consider this is kingdom focused praying. So we're, we are really coming not to ask um, for what other people need, but we're asking Jesus, what do you need? What is your will? What do you want to see happening? And I believe he wants revival and spiritual awakening, but the whole name of this book is one cry. He's waiting for us to unite together in prayer to get all on the same page and to cry out to him. And um, he just, in the Bible, he never has said, no, I'm not going to come and rescue you when, when everyone cries out together. So I think it's, it's important to pray for sick people. It's important to pray for needs. And it's also vitally important to pray for revival and spiritual awakening. And um, he, he is, he is not 
his word says that he he's a patient God. He's not a slow God, right? So he's wanting to do this. He's just waiting for us. It's, it's out of his grace for us. We get to be involved with this through prayer. And um, so I, I just have the greatest expectation. I know one cry has been praying for 10 years. There might be times when you think 10 years, we thought it would have happened by now, but not a single prayer is wasted. All of those prayers are being stored up in bowls in heaven. And he is going to answer when the time is right. And, and what a, what a grace to us that he is willing to wait for us to get together and cry out um, for revival and spiritual awakening. Love your heart for that. And I love how God has just really stirred you up in that, in that direction. And we, uh, that that's really our prayer, you know, praying for revival and spiritual awakening is, is just part of the, the mix. I think we should be praying for that anyway, because uh, the Lord tells us to pray for the, the harvest is plentiful laborers are few pray, right. pray therefore that the Lord would send laborers into the harvest. So that's yeah. what, that's part of that prayer is God, would you uh, revive your people? Would you send them out mm-hmm. and that we may see people coming into your kingdom and that we may see you glorified. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's awesome. Uh, Rhonda, would you take a moment? Would you close us in prayer for this Absolutely. interview? But I, I thank you so much uh, for sharing. And I, I'm so excited about what God is doing in your heart and in your prayer group at church. But could you close us in prayer? Absolutely. Thank you. Oh, dear Father, we thank you so much that we can come boldly before the throne of grace to seek your face, to seek grace, to help in times of need. Um, we thank you that that you include us in your mission, God, that we get to be a part of what you want to do. And, and we know my favorite, um, I think my favorite thing from the One Cry book is that um, we, we should want revival and spiritual awakening because Jesus deserves to be glorified. He deserves to be exalted. His name deserves to be lifted high and given glory and praise. And so, God, that is what we desire. We desire for Jesus to receive the glory that he deserves. And so God, we pray that, um, for one cry, um, as a prayer movement, we pray for, um, churches and pastors and prayer leaders and church members, God, that we would just catch, um, that burning passion to see you glorified and that all of our prayer would trickle down from that God, that we would, um, long to see the world and the culture transformed by you, but not because it'll be a more comfortable place for us or even a better place for our children to grow up, but because of you, it's all about you, your glory. Mm -hmm. So God, would you be with every person listening? God, um, send them to that one cry website, help them to click on that personal revival journey. It starts with us. We can't expect um, to see revival and spiritual awakening across the world until we start seeing it in ourselves. So God, um, help people to take advantage of those resources and and get serious. And God, help help people to consider. Um, A year ago, I had no time, no place, no set way to pray for revival and spiritual awakening. And you gave that to me. And I thank you and praise you for that. And that's what I pray for others that um, you will open up their eyes to see that this is a discipline. This is something that, um, that takes thought and, and, and planning. And, and so God help people to some people who are listening today to start groups, help some people who are listening today to find a group to be in 
Um, but whatever your will is, whatever the next step on the journey is that you have for people that you have for pastors and church members and um, whoever is listening, God, would you um, Holy spirit nudge us to take that next step for your glory, for your honor and all for your praise in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Rhonda, once again, thank you. And it's a blessing. Once again, we love your heart and and love how God has put this passion in you. So uh, we look forward to hearing from you more in the future. Well, nothing like a story to build our Mm -hmm. faith, seeing that play out in a church Mm -hmm. and and believing for what that's going to be even in future Mm -hmm. days. So we don't want to just talk about praying. You know, we're the church anywhere, not just the church when we're gathered, which that's good. But we are right now. So we want to encourage you, even as you're listening now, to join us as Bill and I pray and we pray for you, but pray that God would start something. Even Mm -hmm. now, I'll, I'll kick us off and Bill close us. Lord, we love you and we love that you gave us this great gift of prayer that through the finished work of Jesus Christ that we can enter into the presence of Mm -hmm. God, the throne room of grace and mercy, and talk to you about real stuff, to have real requests, to pray by name and situation, and and ask for you to open prison doors, Mm -hmm. to set people free, to change things here on earth, God. So I I pray for each of us, every listener Mm -hmm. today, and for the true church of Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. to believe in the power of prayer and then go at it. That's right. Then go to work, Lord, to pray by name for real things to a God that can do anything. Mm-hmm. So build our faith, I pray. And Father, we we pray for more prayer across our nation and in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, your church, your bride. But Father, even beyond that, we pray your wind would blow across our nation for a movement of prayer or just a mighty, uh, Lord, like a tidal wave of prayer, one cry, Mm. or that you you would look down at, at, at our nation and other nations around the world and you would just hear this cry erupting. And uh, Lord, because every time you hear your church crying out, you answer, you hear our prayer and you answer. And we're so, we're so overwhelmed by your mercy to hear and answer our prayers and so humbled Mm. that we get to be a part of your movement Mm. and seeing people set free by the power of God. So Lord, don't let us hear this, this, uh, podcast today and just walk away and not be changed. Lord, I I pray that you would put in every listener's heart today ways in which they can go back to their church and their small group and by your power initiate fresh, vibrant, fervent, personal prayer to God. And we ask that, Father, So lives can be changed and you can be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, hey, as always, thank you again for your time. Uh, If you could help us by liking, sharing, sending it to somebody today. And the truth is, with the gospel and everything that comes out of the kingdom, God intends for it to be reproduced. And we just want this for people. So if you'll take a moment now to just send it to somebody else, it'll help spread a passion for prayer. So we look forward to seeing you next time next week. 